So this is Modern Love 13 and today I thought I would read A Kiss Deferred by Civil War. This is a bit different from the previous stories of doggies and <laughs> I don't know, shirts. This one seems a little bit more real but you know, it's all love in the end. What am I saying? What am I actually saying? Okay, I'm just going to start reading. I think I should just stop talking. <laughs> so this is by Nicolina Kulidzan. Many saw it coming. Ethnically charged graffiti began appearing on buildings around town. The local newspapers published the locations of bomb shelters. My classmate told me to not to sleep in my bedroom because it faced military barracks. I dismissed these warnings, just as I ignored all those other signs of coming doom. In my twelve-year-old mind, our town of Mostar in Bosnia and Herzegovina was too beautiful and the people too good to one another for there to be a civil war here. Besides, that spring was promising to be the greatest time of my life. I was happily in love for the first time. I had noticed Marco at school and was attracted to his mischievous eyes and playful smile. One afternoon, while walking home from a piano lesson, I spotted him coming down the hill on his skateboard. He stopped just short of running into me. I don't remember us saying much. We just stood there and smiled. But that's all it took to seal the deal of our mutual affection, and we became inseparable. Marco was in fifth grade, and I was in sixth. He was short, and I was tall. He was Croatian, and I was Serbian. Soon, our ethnic groups would find themselves on the opposing sides of a bloody civil war, but for the moment, none of that mattered. What mattered was how good it felt to be acknowledged by him, to be let in on his secrets and jokes, to share friends and enemies, to take on the same adventures. One day, a group of us decided to climb an abandoned building and jump off its flat roof. I was standing on the edge, 12 feet above the dirt, my heart pounding when Marco scooted next to me. You're the bravest girl I know, he whispered. With those words, my fear disappeared and I took the leap. Why would you jump off a building? That doesn't sound like a good thing to do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the day the war started, Marco and I had walked home, uh, walked home together. We had been released from school a few hours early without explanation. As we walked, he told me that if war broke out, his family would go to split Croatia. He asked me what my family would do. I had no idea. The possibility had never been discussed in my home. Right then, my plans extended only to 6pm, when, when I was supposed to meet him and the rest of our friends. With that agreement, we parted. Less than half an hour later, as I was walking upstairs to our apartment, an explosion shook the building. The, bla the blast threw me down the stairs and the building went dark. Later, I would learn that a tractor trailer packed with explosives had been detonated in the street between our building and the army barracks. All I knew then was that I had to find my family. I got up and stumbled outside. People were rushing every which way, some people crying, some, some bleeding. I ran to my aunt's place where my mother was. She took me into her arms and held me for a long time. Everything will be fine, she kept saying. I wasn't convinced. My plans for the evening were obviously ruined and I suspected it would be a while before I would be free to plan anything else. I had to get in touch with Marco 
I had to tell him I was okay, that we were okay. That evening, after my extended family settled around a TV, I sneaked out into the hallway to use the telephone. I dialed the number, terrified by having to speak or by having to explain whom I was calling. Marco's father answered. Lightheaded with anxiety, I asked for Marco. I don't know what I hoped to hear from him. Maybe that whatever happening outside had no bearing on us. No ethnic squabble or civil war could ruin what we had. At the very least, I thought he would ask if I was okay. He didn't. He barely said a word. We exchanged a few awkward syllables and then I hung up. The next day, we learned that my childhood home was gone, destroyed in the blast. Two weeks later, my brother, cousin and I were sent to another town. From my exile, I wrote Marco Long, never-to-be-seen letters describing the anger, sadness and displacement I felt. A few weeks later, when it became clear to my parents that what was happening in and around Mostar was not a minor squabble, but a full-fledged war, they decided to take what was most important, my brother and me, and to leave for good. We settled in Belgrade, Serbia. When the new school year started, we were living in a tiny attic apartment with walls so thin we could hear every word of our neighbours' conversations. Whenever I opened my mouth to speak at a store or a bus, I saw people labelling me as a refugee. Even so, one evening, only months after we had left Mostar, a boy from my new school asked to walk me home. We didn't say much as we walked, but in front of my building, my building he bent over and pressed his mouth on mine. His tongue felt like a beached fish, slimy and twisting. His name was also Marco, and that was my first kiss. As soon as he left, I wiped my mouth, feeling cheated. I had been robbed of love, and this is what I got in return? For years, I continued to think about my original Marco, the memory having become synonymous with lost innocence and never-again possible perfection. Those brief days of happiness shone brightly through the tragedy that followed. When I started dating, I jokingly told boys that I had this unfinished relationship and couldn't fully commit. Yet the few times I travelled back to my hometown after the war, I didn't dare look Marco up. I thought about it and even knew how to get in touch through a friend of his sister, but I always decided against it. What if he didn't even remember me? What if those lost years had obliterated all we shared? What if my being a Serb and his being a Croat was more of a barrier now than when we were children? Most of all, though, I feared that nothing would have remained of the bright-eyed boy who followed me home from school on a skateboard, chased me down the spiralling stairwells and poured baking soda into a bottle of Coke to impress me. (laughs) So I filed my Marco memories away. Then, one morning, 16 years after fleeing my hometown, I opened my email at home in San Jose, California, to find Marco's name in the inbox. His message read, If you are Nicolina from Mostar, then I have been your boyfriend since fifth grade. Please get back to me so we can figure out what to do. Oh. Those two lines were all it took to dispel my fears. Marco was still the playful boy I had loved. We spent the next few weeks emailing feverishly, telling each other everything we remembered of our childhood romance. Some of my memories had faded. Others were so vivid I feared I had invented them. But he remembered many of the same things, and just differently enough to make my own memories even more real. He also told me some things I didn't know, 
like how much he had obsessed over wanting to kiss me. There was one entire event in his apartment he didn't recall because, after having failed to kiss me, he probably repressed the memory altogether. He also told me that for years he had beaten, his, beaten himself up for not saying more when I called. Oh. It was a couple of years before I could get back to Mostar. When I did, Marco and I met at the usual spot, at the bottom of the hill where he first approached me on his skateboard. We were strangers. We would not have recognised each other on the street. Yet we understood something about each other that no one else did, or could. Like the first time, we stood for a long while, just smiling. Unlike my other Croatian friends, who refused to cross to what was now the Muslim side of town, Marco seemed happy to be there. He led the way from our schoolyard to the old town where the 400-year-old Ottoman bridge had been blown to smithereens during the war. From the rooftop terrace, we had the perfect view of the illuminated bridge in all its reassembled glory. Over white wine, Marco and I talked for hours, recounting our youth, our shared sense of dislocation and the many acts of infidelity we had committed against each other over our nearly two decades apart. Like the bridge, our lives had been shattered and then put back together. We were still gathering pieces, only now we had one fewer piece to look for. With a few sips of wine left in our glasses, Marco and I touched hands, leaned in and kissed. For that moment, it was as if nothing had been lost. Wow. I've got goosebumps again. Oh my goodness. That was a really good story. Um, yeah, that one was very real. I don't know. It was. I feel like that one was very, very different to all the ones that we've, that I've read before. Yeah. I think that one's real as well. I don't think that one's fake. But it's, it's, it's strange how they both, they were both so young, but they both just knew. Like, they knew that they were right for each other and that was, and they came back together eventually. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I hope, I hope you did too. It's sad that that's the way sometimes things go, but I'm glad it worked out in the end. Um, but yeah, that was Modern Love 13. Um, let me know, let me know if you, if you're getting a bit tired of Modern Loves, if you would like me to change. If you're, if you're still happy with them, I'm happy to keep going, I like them, but yeah, I'm also happy to read something else or, you know, some different format or something. Um, if you just tell me what you would prefer. And, yeah, I hope, I hope you start feeling a little better, and I hope that when you sleep, you sleep tight and well, and think of how exciting life is going to be when it's not so disrupted and I'm very very excited for 
all the cool things you're going to do in Germany. And I'm excited to hear about, you know, everything you do. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm simultaneously like so proud of you and so in awe of you. Um, I don't know. I I just I just don't know. I I just think that you're a, a better person than a lot of people, <laughs> which you think too. But yeah, sleep well. Think of me, because I definitely think of you. And good night. I love you.